This is Help Wanted, the show that makes your work work for you. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm money expert Nicole Lappin. On Tuesdays, Jason and I answer the helpline and help callers solve their work problems. And on Thursdays, I give you one way to improve your work and build a career or company you love. And it starts now. Right now, as you listen to me, you have a very easy job. You are just listening. You're just taking it all in. Nobody is expecting you to say something. I can't hear you if you spoke aloud right now. But that is not always the case, right? Sometimes you got to speak. Sometimes you are on the spot. You're in the hot seat. Maybe you're giving a presentation or you're being interviewed for a job or you're a guest on a podcast or you're just talking with someone intimidating. In many ways, at many times, you have surely felt this same flash of panic, which is that someone has asked something of you or they are expecting something of you. People are listening, one person, many people, whatever it is, and you are thinking, I do not know what I'm talking about right now. I do not know what I'm talking about right now. It is a terrifying thing to think that because, of course, you got to say something. What do you say? Well, today I am going to give you a way to sound and speak with more confidence. I have been using this trick for years and it has helped me avoid so many, <laughs> I can't even imagine, so many public embarrassments. I call it swim to shore and I'm going to teach it to you now and it will save you later. All right, here is a classic danger moment for me. So let's say that I go to some company to give a keynote talk. They've hired me and I'm standing in front of a big room of people and I have spoken for 30 minutes and now I'm taking questions from the crowd. And mostly people are going to ask me versions of questions I've heard before. But sometimes someone hits me with something new and unfamiliar. And I might think... <laughs> I do not have a good answer to this. Like they're they're asking the question and nothing is coming to mind. But as soon as they are done asking the question, all eyes are on me and I need to say something and it needs to happen now. The first few times that this happened, I tried to answer their question very directly and I'd often stumble or sound hesitant and I always regretted it afterwards. I always just obsessed over how stupid I probably sounded. So then I started to break the situation down. I thought, what is actually happening in that moment? And that's when I realized I was making two distinct mistakes. Mistake number one was I was prioritizing their question over what really mattered. And mistake number two was I was answering on their terms, not mine. And what do both of those mean? <laughs> What do those mistakes mean and how do we solve for them? Well, let's look closer at each of them. All right, so number one, what really matters, right? I had said I prioritize their question over what really matters. So what really matters? Well, think about it this way. Sometimes the expectations for you are very narrow. Let's say you're meeting with an investor and they want to know your customer acquisition cost, or maybe you're giving a presentation to your boss who wants to understand a project in detail, has some very specific question. All right. In those cases, you better be prepared. You need to know the answer because the expectation is very narrow. But most of the time, it's not that. Most of the time, expectations are not narrow. On stage, on a podcast, 
in a job interview, in conversations, whatever, most situations in the world where you feel put on the spot, the expectations for you are broad, which is to say people don't expect you to say a specific thing. They just expect you to say a satisfying thing. When someone asks you a question, they're really just prompting you to speak more. It is as if they are literally saying to you, here is a generic topic. Can you speak some words about that? And when you think of questions that way, you realize that a person's question isn't the important part of the exchange. Your answer is the more important part. That's where all their expectations lie. Your audience, whether it's one person interviewing you, whether it's a person sitting across the table from you on a date, or it's thousands of people in an auditorium listening to you, all these people just want you to say good stuff, <laughs> satisfying stuff, interesting stuff, stuff that makes them think, huh, I'm glad I'm listening to this person. And how do you do that? What is the stuff that you should be saying? Well, okay, now let's look at mistake number two. Remember, I had said mistake number two was, I answered on their terms, not mine, which leads to the question, all right, whose terms do you answer on? Well, let's return to the nightmare scenario here, which is that someone has asked you a question, again, anywhere, one-on-one, -on -one, in a group, in a meeting, in front of thousands of people. Someone has asked you a question, you don't know the answer. Now you're kind of panicking, you're not sure what to say. All right. Um, Let's kind of logic our way through what's happening here. So you can imagine there's sort of two sets of strengths that are side by side. There is the strengths of the person who is asking you the question. They know certain things. They, they have a certain body of knowledge. And then there's your strengths. You know certain things. You just might not know any of their things or the things that you know don't quite address the question that they had. So they're totally separate. They're they're. They're like circles that don't overlap in any way. Now, when we're asked a question, our instinct is often to answer it directly and literally, even if we don't have a good answer. That's what I was trying to do in the Q&A sessions after my keynote talks when someone would stump me with a question. They would ask something drawing from their strength, their body of knowledge, and if I didn't know anything about that, I tried to engage with it anyway, even though I didn't have anything good to say. So that's not good. Right? Because in doing this, and this is the reason why we feel so panicky about it, because we're we're basically walking over and living inside of their strengths, but we don't belong in their strengths. We don't know anything about their strengths. Our strengths are not their strengths. It's a mistake. It's a mistake to even try to engage with it. It's a mess. Because like I said before, most of the time, nobody cares about your answer to their very hyper-specific question anyway. <laughs> like, you know, they're going to speak from their strengths, from their set of knowledge, but they don't really care if you are an expert in what they're an expert in. They just care that you say something valuable at all. And if you cannot be valuable inside of their strengths, then you are not being valuable. So you need to get the hell out of there and move towards your strength. And to do this, you start with the premise of their question, right? Not the whole question. You're not going to spend all your time engaging with their question, with the premise of their question. You acknowledge it, you appreciate it, you engage with it, but then you head towards your strength and away from theirs. And 
I have developed a visual metaphor to help me picture what I am describing. I think of it as swim to shore. It's a kind of visual metaphor. Like, imagine it. Every time someone asks you a question, it's like they, it's like, it's like you are standing on the shore, looking out onto the ocean. And the shore, the ground, where your feet are, those are your strengths, right? You're there. You are the master of this domain. You're standing confidently on the ground. When someone is asking you a question, what they are doing is they are picking you up off of the ground <laughs> and they're throwing you into the water. They're like tossing you out into the water, which is which is their strength, their what they know. It's out there somewhere. It's not what you know. So you're going to land with a big splash, right? And you can only tread water for so long. If you try to stay out there too long, you're going to drown. So you can't. What you got to do is you got to swim to shore, which means swimming through their question and then answering it on dry land, on your strengths. Do you follow this metaphor? What am I talking about? Okay, so think about it. What is your strength? Think about this for a moment. What is your strength? When you're speaking to an individual, to a group, what are you most comfortable talking about? Maybe it's a specific body of knowledge. Maybe it's a mode of engagement, like you're best when you're being very thoughtful or funny or philosophical or personal. Maybe it's a mode of communication. Perhaps you're amazing at asking questions or breaking things down in tactical ways. Whatever it is, that is your strength. That's where you need to swim to. That is your shore. For me, my strength is storytelling. I know how to tell a tale in a compelling way and then draw a lesson out of it. And I have a ton of them in my head. I have a ton of stories. So let's say that I'm on stage. I just gave a keynote. It's Q&A time. Someone raises their hand and they ask some question that I just don't know the answer to at all. Let's just say they say, uh, thanks, Jason. Great presentation. I'm curious, how can a senior VP at a Fortune 500 company lead their team through economic uncertainty? Now, being asked that question is the equivalent of being picked up off of the ground and thrown into the ocean, right? Like I was, I was standing on the ground. I just gave my keynote presentation. I was very confident, mastery of information. I'm standing on the ground. I know what I'm talking about. Someone comes over and they ask a question like that. I don't know the answer to this. How can a senior VP of a Fortune 500 company lead their team through economic certainty? I don't know. What you have done is you've just picked me up off the ground and you've thrown me into the ocean, like splash everywhere. And now I'm treading water. I don't know the answer to this question. I don't. And years ago, I would have heard that question and panicked. And I would have panicked because, you know, there are specialists and consultants and executives who could answer that question easily. I'm not one of them. That is not my area of expertise. It's not my strength. Trying to answer that question directly would make me feel like a fraud. But today, I do not panic. I do not feel like a fraud. Instead, I think to myself, it is time to swim to shore. Because like I said, for me, storytelling is sure. That's where I am comfortable. That's where I need to get to but I need to swim through their question to get there. So I think, all right, this person is asking about leaders navigating change. This is what I'm thinking to myself. They're asking a question, Fortune 500 company, and I'm just thinking, all right, what are they saying that I can relate to, that I can connect to? All right, they're, they're really asking about leaders navigating change. Do I have stories about leaders doing that? 
And then I'll, I'll remember one. I'll think about it. And it is not a story about a senior VP at a Fortune 500 company, but whatever, who cares? It's a good story. And it has a good lesson about empathy and communication. It's a story I've told forever. So I might begin by answering the question like this. I might say, thanks for that question. And it's an important one. Because in times like these, teams will be looking for strong leadership from people like you. And it reminds me of a leader who I spoke with a while ago. Okay, that's a good start, right? I've been thrown out into the ocean. I am acknowledging their question. And now I'm going to start swimming through it. I've set up a way for me to turn back towards shore, to see where my strengths are, and to head towards them. I'm going to tell that story, that story of that leader that I have told many times. It's a good strength of mine. I know that story well. It's not about a Fortune 500 company, like I said, but who cares? It captivates the audience because I'm leaning on my strength. So, story is told, and I have delivered value. People might have, frankly, even forgotten what the question was because I told this thing based on my strengths. The audience is engaged. They are finding that I have something valuable to say. That's great. Now, I'm going to bring it back again to the questioner in some way. Maybe I'll, I'll share a lesson from that story, right? Like I told that story about leadership, now I'm going to extract some, some lesson from it. And then I'll go back to the questioner and I'll say, so look, I'm sure that some Harvard Business School professor could give you a detailed lecture on the 20 things that a Fortune 500 executive should do right now. But in my experience, the starting point has to be the lesson that I just shared about empathy and communication. Because without that, nothing else will follow. That's now exactly that. That's how I do it. Do you see what I did? I didn't dodge the question, but I also didn't get trapped by it. Instead, I gave my answer based on my strengths, even though the question had almost nothing to do with my strengths. And I did it with confidence because I swam to shore. The thing is, you don't need to know everything. You just need to know what you know. That way, you can always know what you're talking about. You can always swim to shore. And that, as you might know from these weekly editions, uh, was something that originated in my newsletter, which is called One Thing Better. One Thing Better is a companion newsletter to Help Wanted. Each week, I share one way to be happier and more effective at work and build a career or company that you love. And you can find it by going to onethingbetter.email. That is a web address. Just plug it into the browser, onethingbetter.email. Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance? Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon. 